When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. This is going to be a great episode. Just bear with me on the audio, okay? I had to do it all from my phone. I had an opportunity while I was doing my training uh, for work to sit down with a retired master sergeant from the Air Force and a retired sergeant major from the Army. They both had stories to share. Now, these are co-workers of mine that I only get to see, you know, once or twice a year and personal friends. These people have the utmost integrity. I have the utmost respect for both of them. They've served their country. They've served it well. And they're continuing to contribute to the community by doing this program that we do with high school students. So there are no more reputable people to have on the show than these two. Um, I hold them in high regard. But. We were in a hotel lobby, okay? We were actually in like the uh, the dining area after hours. I had no idea that there was something running in the background that would be so distracting. It, it's just like a little bit of white noise kind of thing back behind the, the speaking. Where I recorded it from my phone, I don't know how to transfer this file. You guys know I'm not tech savvy. I, I would love to be able to clean it up or whatever, but it is what it is. Turn it up. You'll hear everybody just fine. It won't be too bad. We'll get through it. So please, if this is your first time listening to the show, my apologies. There are 120 episodes with better audio. Um, if it's not your first time listening to the show, don't diss me for one, okay? All right. So this show is awesome. We're going to get into the Oceana Creature Oceana is a town um, here in West Virginia in Wyoming County. This Oceana creature I had never heard of, but when Jim starts talking about it, uh, I just I got so excited because this is close to home. You know, it's only a couple of counties away, and it's a legend. So it's it's one more cryptid for the state of West Virginia, baby. And then Deb comes on. And talks about, I'm used to calling her Sergeant Major, so it's, it's my first time calling her Deb. Deb comes on, and she talks about these lights, these UFOs. So stay tuned. You're going to love it. Um, this is a great episode to do so close to Independence Day. God bless America. Be safe out there, uh, however you want to celebrate. Don't go calling the cops on people that want to celebrate and have more fun than you. All right? So, go USA. I love you other countries, too. But, you know, I'm red, white, and blue to the bone, baby. All right. Have a good one. If you're looking for the pack that will help you survive the worst day of your life, or a pack to use for your everyday carry that you'd never have to worry about failing, if you're looking for the perfect bug-out bag, the perfect bushcraft pack uh, for camping, hiking, whatever your needs. Go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com and check it out. All products are 100% made in America. You can use promo code BUMP22 and save 10% site-wide.
All right, that's BUMP, B-U-M-P, 22, to save 10% site-wide. This is a veteran-owned business. Like I said, every component of every product made in America, the buckles, the zippers, the straps, American-made. Um, there's never been a more important time than now to bring it home. You know what I mean? So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Best products on the market. I've got videos on YouTube about it if you want to see it. Um, or just go to the website. Check it out. SquatchSurvivalGear.com. But wait, there's more. <laughs> a Chris messaged me and said that if you guys use Bump22 as the promo code this year, that he's going to increase that discount to 15%. So get on there now. Use Bump22. Save 15% site-wide at SquatchSurvivalGear.com. So back in 2000, no, back in 1976, well, I'm going to have to cut that out too because that's wrong too. It's all right. <laughs> Pause. Back in 1978, when I was in high school, we had a police officer, Officer Pritt, who worked for the Oceana Police Department. He called into Pineville and said that he was going to be out of his car for a little while because the police office had gotten a call about some students down on the creek bank being rowdy and, and loud. Some of the residents had heard stuff, so he went to check it out. He gets out of his car, and this was down on Mason Street, down near the creek. And as he got out of his car, he saw something. And about five minutes later, the police chief gets a call that there's gunshots being fired. So the police chief hopped in his car and ran down there to back up Officer Pritt. And when he got there, he said Officer Pritt's car was parked facing the creek with the high beams on, his driver door open. He was standing behind the driver's door shooting. He thought he was shooting. His gun was empty. It was going click, click, click. He was still trying to fire that gun. Oh, wow. And the police chief said that it actually took two people to pry that gun out of his hand. He had such a tight grip on it. So at this point, nobody knows what's going on. They knew that there was a call in, that there was probably some kids on the creek bank, and now there's shots being fired, and he's clicking his gun with his eyes wide open. Yeah. So the police chief got him calmed down. And after they calmed him down, you know, he said, please tell me what you're shooting at and that you're not shooting at kids. <laughs> <laughs> and Officer Pritt said, I don't know what I was shooting at. He said, that thing, there was something standing underneath the streetlight. It was about seven to eight foot tall. It was a humanoid in nature, you know, arms, legs. He said, it looked kind of furry. You know, he kind of described what a Bigfoot is. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. He said, um, when I first got there and got out of the car, it was facing away from me. And when it heard me, it turned around and I... I just yelled freeze. He said that thing took a step toward me, so I yelled freeze again, and it took another step for me, so I just started unloading. I just went after it because he you know, he was scared to death. Yeah. He said after I emptied my gun, the thing turned, went back toward the creek. He said, but I never heard the water splash. And just a second or two later, I could hear it on the other side of the creek. Now the creek. I mean, don't, don't picture like a river. The creek's not really, you know, like 100 feet wide or anything. Right. But it's you know, a good 18, 20, 25 feet wide at that area. Wow. So the next morning, uh, the police chief and some locals went back down there to see what they could see in the daylight. And this, my old science teacher, because, you know, we've talked about it I don't know how many times, he said they found a lot of... Uh, like the grass, but you could tell something had big had been walking through there. Yeah. He said they found one actual good footprint, but it was right at the edge of the creek in that creek sand. Yeah. He said he tried his best to get a plaster cast of it, but where it was so wet that the footprint, everything just kind of oozed together once he poured it in yeah. there. He said, but even while they were down there looking, they heard something up toward the top of the ridge. You could actually hear it walking, and, you know, going past small bushes and stuff so the dnr was called because at this by now the, the town's in a panic 
there's something in Oceana. They're shooting at it. We don't know what this thing is. Are we safe? Are we not safe? So they called in the Department of Natural Resources. Nice. The Department of Natural Resources came in, investigated about a day. Yep. During that day, they saw a wild crane down on the creek. <laughs> so the DNR said, it was just a crane. Don't worry about it. An eight-foot hairy crane. And the newspaper <laughs> even printed, DNR finds crane. It's mistaken by a police officer as a, as a creature. That's how it gets its name, just in a creature. And, and everybody, even, I mean, you know, I'm in high school, and even I'm smart enough to go, a trained police officer, and he was, certain, uh, Officer Pritt had been on the force for years. Right. So you've got a trained police officer with years of experience who's going to mistake a three-foot crane as an eight-foot brown creature. Right. Enough I, I, to unload his firearm. Yes. I mean, to me, that's just, you're calling Officer Pritt stupid or something. I mean, right. that just, Right. Even I couldn't make that mistake, and I'm a high school student at that time. Yeah. So me and my brother and a couple of friends, of course, that day, we've got to go looking. Of course. Oh, there's a creature. Let's go find of it. Of course. Because high school boys are not the smartest in the world. <laughs> so I mean, We didn't even take anything with us. It's just, man, let's go. We got about halfway down the creek because we were walking the creek banks, and we did. We saw the crane. Yep. And it did catch us by surprise. You don't see a crane in Oceana. But within two seconds, we're like, that's a bird. Right. Yeah. So we searched and we looked. And unfortunately, we didn't find anything. I, w I don't know what we'd have done if we had. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I mean, the DNR swore that it was a crane just to calm the public down. The public, who then started making fun of the police officers. Of course. There was a firefighter who was a friend of ours, he told me that, you know, actually I had seen that thing two days before. Really? And we're like, well, have you told anybody? He goes, after seeing what happened to that officer, I ain't telling nobody nothing. Yeah, because he, <laughs> he would lose all his credibility. He would. The police officer had to have lost all his credibility. Yep. He was a volunteer firefighter. He was coming home uh, from the mines late at night, and almost he was almost at the fire station, which is the uh, half not even half a block away from where this side is. Mm. So the exact same area. He said, I saw something cross the road in front of me heading toward the creek bank. Yep. He said, at first I thought it was a bear. Because it kind of had, you know, if you see something walking around, you see a bear living in, right. in southern West Virginia. Right. But in 78, there were hardly any bears. True. He, But, you know, I live in the mountains. It's a bear. Right. He said, but as I got closer, I'm like, that's not a bear. Because yeah. this thing's walking on its hind legs an awful <laughs> lot to be a bear. Bears yeah. don't normally walk on their hind legs that much. Right. He said, my second thought was, it's some boys from the fire department dressed up trying to scare me. Yeah. So I'm just going to ignore it. He said, and as I passed it in my car, I look over, and he said, it, just, he said it gave me the willies. <laughs> he goes, that's not people dressed up wow. trying to scare me. I don't know what this thing is. He said, you know, I debated a day or two whether I should tell anybody. And then, boom, Officer Pritt has this episode. He sees the ridicule he's getting. Well, it's a bird. Right. So he's like, I ain't telling nobody nothing. Man. And I come to find out a few years later when I was doing some research for the museum, because we have a museum in Oceana now. Really? Yes. The Wyoming County Historical Museum. Yeah. We, All right. We collect stuff like this. We even have the original newspapers from this story. Do you really? Yes. I might have come down. Have everything there. And I was interviewing some people and I found another guy who lives maybe a half a mile at the lower end of town from this spot. And he said about two weeks later, he heard something out by the creek bank behind his house. He said, I grabbed my shotgun and went down there to see what was going on. Right. And this young lady, his daughter, she then piped in Dad's not going to tell you the rest because he won't even tell us the rest. And I said, well, sir, you know. You got to tell me the you rest. Like, would you like to share? <laughs> yeah, you got to tell me the rest. He said, I know. He said, I know. And his daughter said, he came, when he came back in the house, he looked scared. She said, that's the only time I've ever seen my daddy look scared. Wow. And he still won't talk about it. So no one is sure what he saw, but she said they heard stuff down there. He goes to check, and then he comes back, and it's locked the doors, locked the windows, and right. I'm not talking about nothing. 
So heavens knows what he saw. Yeah. Well, how long ago did you, uh, I started to say interrogate, interview this guy? <laughs> this was probably about a year and a half ago. Okay. Is he still around? Well, unfortunately, no. Because uh, the museum thought it would be cool to collect all the folklore, ghost stories, and stuff in our county because we want to preserve that history yes. as much as the artifacts. So we are actually working on a book of all the stuff where we are learning about this county yes. from the folklore, supernatural point of view. Yes, I love we, it. So we, I've got to go do some ghost chasing and some ghost hunting and photographing. And <laughs> How do you have time for this? I mean, this is just like personally, I don't understand how you stay so busy. Well, neither do I. <laughs> but then to follow up, yeah. in 2016, I had retired from the Air Force and moved back to Oceana. And we had not been back too long. And I, it's probably about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. And there's a lot of dogs on my street, which is, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Every dog started barking its head off. Mm -hmm. So I went, all right, that, usually you get one or two, but not every dog on the street is going crazy. So right. I went outside to walk around because it's a dead end street. So there should be nobody out there walking around at two o'clock in the morning. Right. So I, I got curious. So I walk outside and I'm standing in my yard looking around and I'm not seeing anything. I crossed the creek and about halfway up the mountain, I heard something, and I have to say I heard something because I cannot describe what I heard. Oh, really? I just know it was very loud, and I clearly heard it. So did the dogs, because at that instant, every dog on, that, on the street shut up. Right. No more barking. In fact, few started whimpering. Mm. And they got real quiet. So I just stood there trying to determine what the heck I just heard. Right. I was debating whether to go back in and get my camera, even though I couldn't take a picture, I could video. So in case it made, there but then go. I'm like, you know, by the time I go in, come back out, it could am all I going to miss something? So right. I'm like, let's just stay here and, and see what happens. Yeah. So I'm standing there, about 30 seconds, 45 seconds later, I hear this thing, I'll say yell for the lack of a better word. Yeah. Very, I mean, it was loud. And I'm like, Trying to figure out what, because, you know, I grew up in southern West Virginia, born and raised. I played right. in the mountains from sunup to sundown every day because we didn't have video games. Right. I know the sound of cougars, owls, bobcats, deer, possum, you know, you name it. I know the sound of it. And this sound, I had no clue what this thing was. Yeah. I could then hear it moving in the mountain. Now, for me to hear it, we're talking from my house to that mountain, foot by foot, about 200 yards maybe. Wow. Okay. I can hear it up in the mountain moving. So it was... So it had to be big. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to hear something small up there. Right. I, I can't hear the deer when they're up there. Right. I could hear, you know, like it was pushing through bushes and stuff. I could hear that. About the time it got to the ridge, it let out another, we'll say, yell. Mm -hmm. And then nothing. Mm -hmm. And I haven't heard anything since. But I've often... You know, I, I listen to stories about Bigfoot and creatures because right, yeah. they're probably all related, if not cousins. Right. And I always heard the term, it's an indescribable sound. And I'm like, what in the heck is an indescribable? It's either a yell or a holler. It's, you can describe a sound. Yeah. Well, now I know what they mean because I cannot <laughs> describe this sound I heard. Well, that was my next question. Do you know what I was going to say? Can you describe it? It was kind of... I try to wrap it up as a yell, a holler, a scream, a cry, yep. all combined, but then it, even that probably doesn't do it justice. I had no clue what that thing was. I heard something at Chief Logan Park, and I've, I've told this before, but I was, uh, I was a maintenance guy before I was working at the wildlife exhibit, and it was early, early in the morning, because you have to have everything cleaned up before the public gets there, you mm -hmm. know? And I was up at the corner of the last shelter, shelter number four at Chief Logan. And right beyond the shelter is the woods. You know, it's, it's just thick woods. And I was out there with a leaf blower, you know, cleaning up the, you know, whatever had blown into the shelter overnight or whatever. And under the shelter canopy, leaf blower wide open, something drowned out that sound coming out of that it's amazing how now loud they are. 
it was like a roar and a scream mixed together. And I bet that doesn't even describe it. No, it don't. <laughs> and it, it was so forceful, you know, like mm-hmm. I could feel it. I mean, of course, I could feel the leaf blower in my, in my hand going up my arm or whatever, but I could feel it in my chest. And I, I stopped with the leaf blower, looked around, nothing was moving, no no bushes shaking or nothing like that, but it, it freaked me out, man. I, I had to turn around and walk out of there. Like, I, I, it's, it's clean enough. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was done. I was out. I've heard a lot of sightings and stuff over at Chief Logan. There's a, I've, I've got several stories on a Chief Logan Park. I heard a, well, a friend of mine was over there, and he said something was throwing rocks at him. Really? My dad's heard something over there by the, the lake, by the pond, which Shelter 4 is not too far from that pond. But, uh, yeah, Chief Logan, I'm, con- I'm absolutely convinced that there, there's a population over there because the, the Class B experience, you know, BFRO calls it Class B, that I was actually on Finding Bigfoot talking about. It was on the wildlife management area side of Chief Logan Park. You know, because it's 4,000 acres. Yeah. That's huge. That's a lot of area. And I, I'd say if I, if I think back and try to put things together, there's been three or four incidents in the four years that I worked there that I just couldn't explain. So I would, that's still probably not, I love this job. It was probably my favorite, my favorite job, you know, as far as getting to just live in the woods eight hours a day. Did you go camping over there? I'd love to. I'd love to. Absolutely would. So, the Oceana creature. Did anybody say the word Bigfoot? No. It, Bigfoot was never even brought. It was always the creature. The creature. Okay. In fact, they still call it the creature. Really? Now, there's been sightings of a very similar type thing over at Twin Falls State Park. In fact, they're, they're even more recent. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yes. They've had several sightings, and they call it the Polk Gap Monster. See, now this is where I'm usually writing down notes, but I don't have a notepad. (laughs) Because most of the sightings were on Polk Gap. Okay. There's a Polk Gap Road, which goes to Polk Gap Mountain. And I I think there's a stigma with calling something Bigfoot. Yeah. So a lot of people won't say, I saw Bigfoot. I saw it at Polk Gap. It's the Polk Gap monster. Yep. I saw it in Oceana. It's the Oceana creature. <laughs> yep, I get that. But if you listen to to how they describe it, they describe exactly the same thing. Yeah. Eight foot, about seven, eight foot tall, hairy, humanoid, walks like a man. So, it's Bigfoot. It's Bigfoot. <laughs> now the question is, what's Bigfoot? Well, now, that is a darn good question. Why have we not seen or gotten one? In 2022, by now, with right. the technology, right? I mean, but it's, these things are probably not stupid. No, they could. Pro- I mean, I've never seen a bear in the woods. I'm one of those people. Right. <laughs> Grew well, up in the woods. I've never seen a bear, but I know they're there. I caught a glimpse of one once, but I do a lot of squirrel hunting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm in, I, well, the last couple of years, I haven't been as much as I wanted to. But I did a lot of time in the woods, mm-hmm. and I caught a glimpse of a bear one time. But you got a good point. I mean, I've seen bear tracks. Yep. I've seen trail cam pictures. Yep. But if I had to go by my personal experience, I've never seen a bear in the wild. Right. But yet I know they exist. And I have a feeling Bigfoot or whatever the creature you want to call it is smarter than a bear. Yep. I would assume. So we could hide even better than that. Yep. I agree with you. So what... What would you categorize it as? Whoa. If you had to. I mean. That's a darn good question. And I don't know is always an answer. You know what I mean? Because uh, nobody knows for sure. Could we sell maybe mammals? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a mammal. Big and hairy. Probably warm-blooded. Probably. Probably. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that think it's like a spiritual creature. Um, some people say flesh and blood. Some people think 
it's connected to aliens somehow. I would tend to go with the flesh and blood. Yeah. But now, now that you mentioned the whole Native American aspect, spiritual, Washington State, Southern West Virginia, which was Cherokee, it, yep. it is a lot of Native American lands that we're seen on. Yes. So. Lots. That's a good point. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, that brings us through. That was the 78 experience. You had a, uh, you've been doing some ghost hunting, haven't you? Yes, I have. We, I, I call it research since we're putting it all into a book. Right, yes, re- research. If I tell people I'm researching, they don't look at me like I'm stupid when I say I'm going <laughs> ghost hunting. <laughs> right. Because I think there's a stigma with that, too. Even with there all is. these shows on TV now, oh, no, I think there's still a stigma to that. Oh, no, it's so not, I call it research. No, you know there's like two or three cemeteries right up the road here. I love cemeteries. <laughs> there are two or three cemeteries right up the road. <laughs> Does any of them need to be researched? <laughs> In fact, we're going on four trips here this month to places around the state. Because I'm trying to... Yeah. I'm running out of Wyoming County stuff, so now yeah. I want to go to other places. <laughs> well, tell me about some of it. Like, what, where are you going to go, and what have you already seen? Well, what have I seen? We went up to uh, to Logan over in your stomping ground, yep. and we, I looked at the, oh, 20, is it, it's 22, mile, 22 Mine Road. Yep. I keep wanting to say Mile Road, and I keep getting corrected. 22 <laughs> Mine Road, where the ghost of Mamie Thurman is. Oh, yeah. Uh, I talked to some of my students. I teach in high school at Westside, and they said they'd actually seen it up there one night. Really? They went up. It was after prom or something, and they were all talking, you know, hey, it's, mm. it's still kind of early. What do you want to do? And they're like, well, let's go see if we can find Mamie. Right. And they said they went to the top of the mountain and parked, and they're just sitting there, and they're like, you know, giggling and joking and talking and checking their phones. And right. She said... We look up, and one of the girls is just kind of pointing across the street, across the road. And across the road, I mean, just off the edge in the woods, was a woman just standing there. And we're talking, it's now 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, and there's nothing up on 22 miles. There's road. nothing up there. Yeah. And she said, there was this woman just standing there, staring at us. And she wow. said, we all just kind of looked at each other and said, I think it's time to go. Wow. <laughs> and they left. So I'm like, well, that means I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> So we went up there, and right. I, I, I went up there twice. I didn't really see anything. I did hear something one one afternoon that we were up there. It sounded like somebody tapping on the guardrails. Mm-hmm. And I was walking up and down the guardrail thinking the wind's blowing a limb or something. You know. I always do not assume that it's supernatural. Right. It's like, you. I want 500 reasons why it can't be that first. Right. So I'm walking the road back and forth, and... The, the weird part was if, like, you walk toward the sound, the sound would, like, almost move forward. Yeah. And then... But you can never quite catch up with it. You can't catch it, and then all of a sudden, it's now behind you, and... So me and my daughter walked up and down that rail, I don't know how many times, and I never found anything banging on the rail, but it was just like a steady tap, 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 tap. Yep. It was weird. So then, of course, we drove to the bottom of the mountain to try the old throw your car in neutral and let Mamie push you up the mountain. Yes. And so we get to the bottom of the hill. I throw the car in neutral and I kind of jokingly look over at my daughter and say, all right, hold on because she may push us fast. And, you know, my daughter's like, dad. Right. And the car starts, I mean, immediately when I let off the brake, the car starts going. Yep. And it's heading. Yep. What looks to be back up the mountain. Now, it was late. It was dark it's kind of spooky but i like it that way <laughs> so i really didn't get to get out and you know t- take a good lay of the land because a lot of people say optical illusion some people say there's a lot of people that say a lot of different things yeah that, you know the grade of the road yeah. Like, yeah so i'd like to take some levels and stuff and go back and actually check out the road and stuff but you i mean it's kind of cool it is cool <laughs> it's kind of cool it is cool because when i was a teenager my mom took me and she drove up 22 mountain was what we call it 22 mountain mm-hmm. she drove up 22 turn around and come back down and so she's at the foot of the hill mm-hmm. and she put it in in neutral and took her foot off the brake and we started rolling backward 
and it I swear it was like we were going up the hill backwards yeah. and I opened the passenger side door because I freaked out a little bit not going to lie and when I popped the door open it, the car stopped and it rolled back down <laughs> so they can say what they want to my experience felt pretty real yeah <laughs> you know what I mean and why would it stop and roll back down I was expecting you know maybe it's a slight incline and you would slowly build up you, mm-hmm. you start going pretty much as soon as you let the off the brake. Yeah. It's, whoo, here we go. Yeah, it's one of those, it's a good one. If it it's is. an optical illusion, it, a, it, it ties right in really well to a local legend. Yes, it does. They did it in the right place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that horrible grizzly crop. So I'd love to go back there. Another place, well, I spend a lot of time out at Twin Falls State Park. Do you? Yeah. yeah. That, I don't think I've ever been to Twin Falls. You got Twin Falls State Park is the most haunted location in Wyoming County. What? It is the most haunted location. There are I don't know how many stories. You've got Cabin Three, which is haunted. You've got Picnic Shelter Three, which is haunted. And the I don't know if the numbers. Co- it's totally an accident that those are numbered three and three. And they're easy to find because it's the only cabin with a cemetery in front of it. And the Picnic Shelter is the only Picnic Shelter with a cemetery beside it. <laughs> oh my gosh. There are, Twin Falls State Park is, was created on land that was an old, old settlement back in the 1700s, one right. of the first big settlements. There's a lot of cemeteries in Twin Falls State Park. Yeah. I, I was once told by one of the rangers that worked there that if the park is at capacity, the campground's full, the lodge is full, everything is full, the dead will still outnumber the living three to one. Wow. That's how many people's buried out in there. That's a lot of cemeteries. That's a lot of cemeteries. And then you've got a lot of fieldstone stuff. Yep. And then the ones that are old, we don't even know about. Man. So there's a, and they date back to the, the county being founded. So they're old cemeteries. Yeah. But the Pioneer Farm out there, there's a Pioneer Farm. It's haunted. The barn on the farm is haunted. Uh, two of the trails are haunted. The lodge is haunted. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the Falls Trail is haunted. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like you can't throw a rock and not hit a ghost out there. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's well, stories have, all over the place. Have you had any experiences? Um, the first one I had is I knew a, a lady that worked at the lodge, and she knew I was into this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was up there, and she goes, have you ever been to our storeroom? And I said, well, no, I haven't. You know, I, I don't work here, so I've never needed <laughs> to go to your storeroom. Right. She said, well, come with me. So she takes me it's downstairs. She opens the door and says, after you. Okay. So I walk in, and then she's closing the door behind me. Uh-huh. I'm like, aren't you coming in? She goes, eh, no, I, I don't go in there. I said, why not? She goes, well, you'll see. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, this is going to be interesting. So she shuts me in there. And have you ever heard the term, the air was so thick you can't breathe? Yes. Uh, yes. The air was so thick in there, I couldn't, it was, you were having to labor to breathe. Wow. And then the little hairs on your neck start standing up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my first thought was actually, wow, this is cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've always heard this and I never knew what it meant. Now I know this is cool. I love this. Yeah. And I'm looking around because, you know, I'm checking for, is there air blowing in and it's actually sealed and. Right. Any open breaker boxes? A pressure differential breaker boxes. A lot of electrical. You know, I'm going through all the checklists in my head. Right. And it's just a store. <laughs> That's all oh, it man. is. But it actually got to where I was having to labor to breathe in there. That's wild. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. I, it was awesome. Uh, I talked to some. I know some of the waitresses that work up there, and some of them were actually my students, and they were closing down one night. And so she's at the check, you know, the cash register, cashing out. Well, you got the video cameras right there. And this is behind a wall to the dining room. She said she saw somebody walk down the length of the dining room. She thinks it's the other waitress Mm -hmm. who apparently is checking on something. So she said, I'm just sitting there staring up at the monitor. You know, this person walks down and walks back. And I'm thinking, what is she doing? And about that time, I heard a noise behind me. So I turn around. She's behind me. Oh, my gosh, no. 
so I, you know, she said, I asked her, who's in the dining room? And she goes, well, nobody. I've already cleared it out. There's nobody in there. She goes, well, somebody's walking back and forth in the dining room. Mm-mm. There's also a man that walks the halls at the lodge. And apparently he's a dapper kind of guy, you know, like really dressed up. Right. But he'll walk down the halls with his hand, his arms outstretched and his nails just dragging along the wall. Oh, she said scary. several of them have seen him. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, that's the one I want to meet. <laughs> that's the one I don't want to meet. <laughs> In fact, we went there, me and my wife and I went there, and we stayed one weekend. Yeah. You know, Did you really? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, every now and then I'd go look up in the hallway. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, nothing. <laughs> you didn't even tell her? You just no, set her up, man. I'm just, I'm just looking. <laughs> I love it. Because I, I was dying to see this guy. Yeah. Now, the one at cabin three, she's an odd ghost because you only see her from the waist up. Really? Really. You see her from the waist up going along the floor. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at ollie.com that's o-l-l-y dot com this episode is brought to you by kia's first three-row all-electric suv the kia ev9 with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next visit kia.com slash ev9 to learn more Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Okay. But it makes total sense if you know the story. Because when I first heard that and I first heard people describing what they saw, I'm like, it sounds like the house might be built I've up. I've never heard of this. What yeah. are you talking about? Or she's walking, used to be the ground. Yes. Right. Back in the 1700s, there was a point out on the mountain that she loved. Yeah. And she said, when I die, I want you all to bury me here. Well, while she was still young, an epidemic came through like they always did. There was yeah. no vaccines or anything. So she died at a very young age, and they did. They buried her out in the point where she requested. A few years later, other family members start dying. So they start a cemetery. And before her mom died, she said, I feel bad with her being out there all by herself. Mm. Can you dig her up? and put her in the cemetery with us. So they went out and they actually dug this young lady up and reburied her in the cemetery with everybody oh else. Oh my gosh. She's just trying to go back to where she's supposed to be. So now she's walking back out to the point. Yeah. And because the cabins are raised, yeah. she's actually still walking on the trail she always walked. But yeah. you only see her from the waist up scooting along the floor. Oh my goodness. That's so sad. It is. That's like a... She's I mean, a, she can't be at rest. Her dying wish, and you can't even fulfill that because you want. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. But then, on the other hand, I've also always wondered, what would you see underneath the cabin? <laughs> would you just see the legs? <laughs> that's where the Fresno uh, Nightcrawler comes from. <laughs> I would love to put a camera up and under. Yes. Just, just wouldn't that be nice? Just to see what I. I plan on staying there. I want to stay there Cabin overnight. three. Cabin three. Twin Falls. Twin Falls State Park. See, I need to get a hold of uh, West Virginia tourism, mm. you know, the state parks, and see if they would sponsor some some ghost hunts and Bigfoot um, hunts. Actually, there. I know a few that have done ghost hunts out there yeah. and stuff. Uh, the, young, the young lady that is working out there now, she's very amenable to people coming out and just doing stuff and looking. and Nice. She does some evening hikes, which are cool. That would be cool. But we've even stayed in the campground so I can poke around. And really? If you're going to go camping, you might as well go to one at a time. <laughs> of course. I've always said that the state parks need to advertise this stuff. They do. Because you would get more tourism because there's people looking for stuff like this. Yes. And that's another thing. When I was at Chief Logan, we had just put in a gift shop. And me and a couple of the guys had a little bit of input as to what would sell in this gift shop so we were like absolutely bigfoot stuff oh yeah you know get people to come down here i've heard things they've heard things let's let's get people down here looking you know for bigfoot 
We had T-shirts. We had decals. Um, everything was Chief Logan State Park with Bigfoot on it, you know, and it was awesome. I went down there and visited last year. They took it all out of the gift shop. <laughs> Said that the state made them take it all away. See, they're they're not thinking ahead. Yeah. So what would make? That's another thing. Be conspiratorial about it. What would make the state take that away? You know, or were they trying to hide? <laughs> you know what True. I mean? Why, why do they not want that why kind of attention? Why do they not want us down there poking around? Yeah. What's more important than making money? And that's what they would be doing. They'd be making money. Yeah, they would. Oh, they would. So what would be You've got this history important? trail thing that you can follow in the street where it's mapped out all the history places you can go. Why not map out a ghost tour around the yes. street? Yes. It's here. Let's sell it. Let's, make, let's get some yes. tourist dollars out yeah. of this. That'd be a great idea. <laughs> oh, now the Pioneer Farm on Twin Falls. If Yes. There, there's a family that actually lives there full time. And they're awesome. If you're ever down in Twin Falls, stop by the Pioneer Farm, tell them you said hi. They'll talk your ear off. If you ask them about stories, they'll tell you the stories. Nice. But about, that's probably where it's been about two winters ago, uh, their daughter actually filmed and put on Facebook what she, she found. There's an old well out there. The old bucket, wind uh-huh. up, wind down type. Well, the bucket they had put on. You know, it's, it's connected to the rope. She had went in, went out there after a snowfall, a deep snow. It snows a lot down there. The bucket was off the rope. And you could see the imprint where it was set down in the snow in front of the well. And I say imprint because you could then see drag marks mm. where something had drugged that bucket around the well and then down to the fence, and you could, and you could, because of the fresh snowfall, you could see that there was no tracks around. You could just see an imprint <laughs> of the bucket, and then a drag trail all oh the way down gosh. into the fence. Yes. And her dad came out and was going to go over to it. She's like, "No, stop, stop! You'll put footprints in there. No, no, stop." That, that is awesome. That is awesome. That was cool. What better way to find, you know, because how could that happen otherwise? Without there being tracks in the snow. Some there, of course, the wind did it. I'm like, all right, the wind could A, blow the bucket off the rope. A big gust, maybe. What's the odds that it lands upright right beside the well? Right. Now, I don't know a wind yet that can scoot a bucket and not just blow it over and roll it. Right. Instead of dragging it. And and we're talking, you know, 40, 50 feet this thing was dragged. Right. And not in a straight line. It was around things. That's so cool, man. (laughs) I love that. I told her that video is priceless. I yeah. love that one. I liked it on Facebook, unliked it just so I could like it again. <laughs> so nice, that I liked was, it twice. That was good. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of haunted stuff down, down in there. So are you going to stay in Wyoming County with these, these four that you have coming up? Nope, we'll be going to, um, next up is Lake Shawnee. Oh, yeah. And that's because it actually has a Wyoming County connection because of the clay children that were were killed there and a lot of people assume the clay children are the ghosts and mitchell clay is actually my fifth great grandfather so it's also a family connection yes so i'm like you know if you're related to the ghost will they talk to you that would be (laughs) nice we don't want to be rude right so yeah me and the crew my daughter and her friend we or my second daughter as i call her we we like to go out and explore and stuff what better way to explore west virginia especially something historical and the tour takes you out to the graves and the marker. And then you get to go to the haunted yeah. carnival. So, I mean, you know, a little yeah. bit of history, a little bit of supernatural. A whole lot together. of fun, yeah. yeah. It's a day of learning. Yes, absolutely. And then we're going to head up to the Brandywine Tunnel. It's I've about heard of that. three hours north of us. There's a old cemetery on top of it. It's an old railroad tunnel that's been abandoned. And my daughter's like, yeah, let's do that. I'm like, all right, we'll hike out to it, go through it, investigate. There's been a lot of things seen out there. Mm-hmm. I said, just keep in mind, the cemetery is on top of the tunnel. And she's like, what does that mean? I said, well, you know how when we're in the tunnels, you have all that water dripping down from the rain? I said, guess what's filtering through that? Oh. <laughs> she's like, oh, Dad, that's gross. Yeah, that's one way to... <laughs> <laughs> If you need to take an umbrella, go ahead. It'll be all right. It'll be fun. Yeah, a little bit of ghost juice in there. Then we'd like to go back uh, back to Logan and go visit Mamie, Mamie. again. Because that, yeah. that's just an interesting story. Yeah. 
It is. It's, the whole thing about it is very interesting. It is. And then we're going to go to uh, New River Gorge okay. and hike the Kmore down the Kmore. Because a lot of people said they've seen some stuff down in the old abandoned mine. Really? Town. Yeah. Okay. I've been doing some reading on it. I'm like, yeah, okay. Hey, it's a nice leisurely, <laughs> what, mile and a half walk or whatever. Right. So, you know, you get healthy. It's an old abandoned mine town. I can show the kids this is what a town looked like back in the day. And then we get to polish it off with a little bit of ghost hunting. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I went to New River Gorge, and uh, we hiked Diamond Point. And it's, so if you're out there and you feel like hiking a little bit, it's not too bad. It's like it's family hike friendly, but it's a good over overlook. It's beautiful out there. Good scenery. Good for photographs. Perfect. Because I photographs. love taking photographs. It, um, the Endless Wall Trail. That's what it's See, called. I've heard of that one. That's what it's called. Okay. You get you get out to Diamond Point, but it's the Endless Wall Trail. When you get up there, it really looks like an endless wall. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, just where there's a break in the mountain, and as far as you can see, it's just that rock face, and it it looks like a great wall. So take the camera. Oh, absolutely, (laughs) take the camera. Not that I ever go anywhere with that, but. (laughs) Now, speaking of camera, I did catch a picture. You was, I I take, oh my God, amount of pictures. Right. And every now and then I find stuff that, Look, I can't really explain it. I'm kind of, it's probably this, it's probably that. I have one from the Oceania Volunteer Fire Department. Okay, this is news. Yeah, I was at the museum one night, putting up some stuff and cleaning up. It's probably 7, 8 o'clock at night. And I come out and, you know, some of the firemen like to always sit in front of the fire station on their chairs and talk. So I started talking with them and it came around to that the fire department was haunted. I said, well, you know, I've always heard stuff. What, what, tell me, tell me why it's haunted. Right. And they said, well, you know, we've heard footsteps, doors open, closing, you know, your normal slap, quote unquote, haunting stuff. Right. I said, well, you know what? I'm done for the day and I've got my camera. Hmm. Let's go look around. So we go upstairs, you know, I'm snapping pictures here and there, just, whatever right we go downstairs to the main basement floor where they keep the atvs there's no windows down there so we're down there and i'm snapping some pictures by this time you know we've been at it for almost 30 45 minutes and the guys are like well you know we're gonna go back up and sit this is getting boring well you know these things don't happen on cue right you gotta be patient right and they're like now we're out of here i said well then do me a favor on your way out kill the lights and they're like, you're not going to be able to see to get out. I said, well, you know, I'll use the glow off the camera. You know, I'll get out. Don't worry right, about it. Right, right. Yeah, on the TV shows, they always cut the lights out and do stuff in the dark. That's right. So why not might, try that? Might as well do it. I've tried everything else. So they kill the lights, and I'm sitting there taking pictures, and I feel stupid because we all know that a camera needs light to get a picture. <laughs> and I'm not using a flash. Oh, Okay. No. Hmm. I have my f-stop set, you know, really low, but I'm just clicking it. I click about five off, review, review, review. Of course, it's black, it's black, it's black. So I delete, and I click off five, and I do this for a little while. And then I'm starting to get bored. So I'm like, all right, hey, this is stupid. I'm standing in the dark. I can't see anything. <laughs> so I'm like, let's click off, a, you know, a couple more rounds and then call it a night. So I click off five, and I'm going through them. Black, black, black. On the next one, I notice a spot in the right-hand corner. It's almost like a glow. Well, that's weird. Well, how would that happen? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, so I check, and the two after it, no. The three before it, no. But this one has a glow. I'm like, that's, that's peculiar. That means there was light down there or something. There was something. So I'm looking. All right, my first thought, it was a glow in the dark something or a... Uh, Something. I'm looking around. I don't find anything. So, all right. So I, I feel my way out of the room. Right. Because <laughs> they were right. It's dark. I couldn't see. And I go up and I show them. And they're like, what is that? I said, well, I know what it looks like to me. Because on my camera, you can, you can enlarge and zoom. So right. I did. And I'm like, hmm. 
I know what that looks like. And they're like, oh my God, that's a person. Mm. Eh, well, I'm not going to say that. I guess it may resemble a person. Mm-hmm. It's like, a person. They're like, that's a person. I said, well, let me go home and, and put it on the computer and let's see what we get. Because, you know, my screen's only like, you know, right. inch by inch. I take it home. I crop out that corner. I boost the brightness and the gain on it. In fact, I might even have that picture right here oh, yes. with me if you would like to see it. I would love to see it. Yes, I do. And I would love to have it emailed so I can put it. I can do that. So I crop out this corner and I boost the brightness and the gain and that's what I got. No, you did not. Yes, I did too. Oh my gosh. Now, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> say that looks yeah. like a person. That is a, you can see, yes. Oh my gosh. That's what I got. So, of course, they're That's like... a perfect profile of somebody. They're like, you have got to post this. I'm like, well, I don't want to. Jim, you, you can even see his ear. <laughs> his, you know, a little bit of almost like a double chin. Pretty flat. Pretty, it's a pretty perfect profile. Pretty good picture, isn't it? <laughs> For total darkness with this no is, flash. Oh, my gosh. So, I told him, you know, I don't want to really put the word out. Because it's a volunteer fire department. We're a small town... Somebody's going to think that's Bob or Doug or, you know, somebody they know. And right. Like, yeah, let's just shush for now. Yeah. By the next day, I was getting messages. Hey, they said you got to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I went, I posted it. I went, all right, well, this is what they're talking about. This is the picture I took. I'm not saying what it is. I don't know what it is. Some people say it resembles a person. I don't know. <laughs> that's one way to say it. Instantly, I start getting message. I know who that is. And they start giving me a name. Really? So then I start looking. I'm like, well, you know, that does kind of resemble him. He was a firefighter that had passed earlier. Yeah. He was always at the station. And I'm like, hmm. Now, I tried to keep the comments because I didn't want to embarrass anybody or get the you know, family. Right. His daughter messaged me and said, that looks like my dad. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, God, how am I going to answer this? <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want you to think I'm doing And she goes, she says, actually, you know, we appreciate this because we know that dad's still there watching over the firemen. Man. All right, that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you gave me chills at the same time. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was thinking she's going to be mad or something. But right. No, she was like, you know, it, it made them feel better. Dad's Man, still watching wonderful. over the boys. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, he might be. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. But yeah, I can send that to you. Yeah, yeah, please do. I can do that. Please do. But that was the strangest photo I took that I really have no explanation for. Yeah, you do. You, you have a perfect explanation. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to say it. Me and my daughter went down there. I drove her down there the next day because my first step was, can I recreate it? Yep. So I'm down there flat. I, I, I wrote down all the settings I had on my camera, and I went down there with the exact same settings, stood in the exact same spot, and I'm clicking, clicking, and I never got it again. And I said, all right, what if, by chance, one of the firemen had snuck back in trying to scare me or something, and I got a picture of it? Which would be hard to do in the dark with no flash, but right. could it happen? So I made my daughter stand <laughs> about where this picture was. Go stand where that ghost is, honey. Let me take a picture. <laughs> well, I didn't present it that way. Cold-blooded, man. Oh, I'll tell you cold-blooded in a minute. It's, it's all in the name of research. This is small potatoes. <laughs> so she's standing there, and I'm taking pictures of her, and they're all just black. Yeah. I can't pick up anything on her. Wow. So I don't know what it was. Now, speaking of cold-blooded, out at Twin Falls, picnic shelter number three, uh -huh. there's a ghost of a young girl, about 10, 11 years old. And a lot of adults have not seen her, but a lot of kids have because she'll play with them. So when I was in the military and we'd come home on leave during the summer, <laughs> I would take my kids to Picnic Shelter 3 to play because there's a playground there. And I'd say, you all can play as long as you want. <laughs> and I would sit there over on the picnic tables with my camera <laughs> waiting in case something came up. <laughs> my, my middle daughter, oh, yes. Jamie, she was at, um, they tell ghost stories out of Twin Falls on Friday nights. Really? Doug Stover. He's 
an awesome storyteller. He's witnessed a lot of these ghosts. He tells you firsthand stories. I think I've heard of him. Oh, he's awesome. He's a, like a local storyteller. Yes. So we're out there listening, and, and I'm telling Bugs, you know, what I used to do. And she just looks at me like, you used me for ghost bait. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I look at it as I was letting you play. Yeah, yeah. It's just a win-win kind of situation. Yeah. So ghost happened to show up. Oh, man. Those are good. You got me convinced. I was already like, while you're talking, I'm thinking, what days am I free that I can go down there? I spent, I'm at Twin Falls four or five times a month. Sorry. We're recording an episode for the show. You want to come talk about your experience? <laughs> you stepped right into it. <laughs> what do you know? You're from Baileysville. You've heard some ghost stories. That's the way the military works, isn't it? You're lucky you got this much notice. What's your story? Jim has told me about everything from 1978 to Twin Falls. Teresa. To my ghost picture. Yeah, it's like... You have to watch the episode. Yeah. (laughs) It it will be actually on the show. In fact, let me send that to you now before I forget. You want it on Messenger? Uh, You can send it to me Messenger or... Gmail or whatever. Uh, Gmail, Gmail, Gmail. Gmail. You, you want to tell about your uh, my sighting? You want to put your address yes. in? <laughs> Sorry. So funny. Yeah, go ahead, tell us. Tell okay, so my I was outside one night and I just looked up at the top of the mountain and there was this little light about the size of like a basketball and it just expanded out like it was six feet wide. And all of a sudden it just went and went right back down to its size and disappeared. And then a week later, my mom comes and says, I was out there last night looking up the top of the mountain. And I looked up and I saw that same thing. She said, I saw a bright light and it expanded and then it just disappeared. And then last night she called me and she said, I went outside last night and I heard this noise. It sounded like somebody screamed really loud. I said, was it a coyote? She's like, no. I said, was it a black panther? She said, no. So I don't know what it was. Was it the same kind of? There's something by her chicken coop too, right? That know. was the one. That was yeah. the uh, the big loud scream. Yeah. So yeah. But the funny thing was, is yesterday she came out and two of her little baby chicks was dead in the the pen by themselves. Mm. I don't know how that happened. That's odd. That is but odd. I don't know what the scream was. Right. I thought it was a coyote, but she thinks it's something else. She's lived out there forever, right? 50 years. There you go. She knows what's out there. <laughs> Did she have problems describing it the sound? at first? No. <laughs> just a loud uh, scream. Just like an eerie, eerie, loud scream. Hmm. Yeah. We've heard those noises before. I've heard them before. Like one out behind the house, and then you would hear something else Answer just it. around the mountain. I thought it was coyotes. But I don't know what she heard because I was here. Right. It's the bright light thing. It yeah. was an oddity that we both saw that one. So I thought it was interesting. I know this sounds goofy to somebody that's not like really into it, but huh. people report when they see Bigfoot or if there's Bigfoot activity in an area or Sasquatch activity, mm-hmm. there's usually lights involved. Really? They'll either see lights before or after. So Ball lights. So a couple of weeks prior to that, we went out to the chicken house and we have a round silver barrel where we put the corn feed in. Set out there for literally five years. The other night we went out, or a couple weeks ago we went out, and it was turned over and something had squashed it. And it looked like something leaked around the rim of the, the can yeah. because they couldn't get the lid off. So they knocked it over and literally, it almost looks like it was sat on. I couldn't find like deer tracks. I couldn't find any bear tracks. Bear, nothing. Nothing. We've never seen a bear. There's been recordings of bear. Right. But to me, if the bear would have done it, he would have sat there and ate the food or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they would have. Yeah. This literally was just a can squashed. It's like, never mm. saw it before. Mm. So now we have a squash can, bright lights, and screens in a period of a month, month and a half. Well. 
if you want it to stop and you think it's a Bigfoot, put a trail camera out there. <laughs> it'll never happen again. <laughs> it'll, it'll completely leave it alone. That is so true. <laughs> that's pretty weird. But yeah, that's all I've seen. That's all I've heard. That's pretty good, though. It is good. Do you have any stories from that area? Because I saw, I'm looking for places to research. Well, I've never heard any stories of our, our area as far as like anybody seeing it. I see your little Sasquatch things all over Wyoming County when you're driving. Oh yeah, they're getting everywhere now. See yeah. those little things everywhere now, but to actually see anything, yeah, we've never really seen anything. But to hear those screams will make yeah. you go back in your house. Yeah, I've never heard screams like that before, ever. But I've heard, you know, coyotes and stuff. Oh yeah. These things are like so close and so close and make you go because we, we don't live on the road. We live literally in the woods. So that's what makes it different. See? And then when you have deer in your yard, and I'm pretty sure maybe it's another deer in the woods, when their little ears go up and they just start going in. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you wonder sometimes. Yeah, you're like, what are you looking at? Deer. <laughs> what are you looking at, Bambi? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, that's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. If you just have to have more content, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/TheBumpPodcast and subscribe, and be a patron. Uh, you got more and more content on there every week, so I hope you enjoy that. Uh, to catch up on past episodes, go to TheBumpPodcast.com. Click the episode tab, and it'll take you to any episode you want to listen to. Also, if you want to be on the show, I would love to have you on. Share your story with us. Go to thebumppodcast.com. Click the holler at me button and holler at me. Send me an email, thebumppodcast at gmail.com, and uh, I'll get you on as fast as we can. All right, again, thanks for listening. I love you guys. Until next time, don't stop believing.